This is Channel 253. In this episode of Interchangeable White Ladies. Liberate and Chill tells people it's okay to rest, right? It's okay to say, like, I'm going to find joy and rest and, and peace in the midst of basically what is, like, a world on fire. Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two, interchangeable. White ladies! One, two, two, interchangeable. White ladies! Inter- interchangeable. In- interchangeable. White ladies! Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today, to what extent should we strive to be anti-racist in a world on fire? Our guests today are two of the four co-founders of the collective Liberate and Chill, an immersion online learning experience for anti-racist educators. Our first guest is Cass Miner. Uh, She uses pronouns she, her, hers. She's an inclusive educator who is deeply involved in local inquiry-based teacher research and school community development. Most recently, along with her partner and husband, Cornelius Miner, she has established the Miner Collective, a community-based movement designed to foster sustainable change in schools. Cass facilitates critical conversations that lead to improved, engaged, and more powerful teaching practices, allowing loveful pedagogies to persist in the realm of teaching and learning, Cass has taught in elementary school and secondary schools in both ICT and 12 to 1 service models. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I feel like I'm one of the interchangeable white ladies. I don't know how that works. You are. Yeah. It's like very, very fitting. Yeah. We can just like paste our heads on anybody and we'll just. It's like, true. It's like, joining gonna, a, it's like joining a political party. You don't have to declare anything. You don't have to pay any money. You can just, you can I'm pretty sure you already have the cardigan. Yeah. You this probably already like drink my, pumpkin spice. Yeah. My first question to Shay, I was like, are you sure they want another white lady? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, God. Thank God. We are also super excited to have Shay Martin back on the show. Welcome back. Yeah, um, some of you might remember um, some details about Shay. Shay is a lit teacher, a researcher, a community organizer who dreams and works towards liberation with teachers and students across the country. Shay's work is explicitly rooted in radical love, anti-racist pedagogy, and seeking justice and liberation through intersectional coalition building, which I believe we actually talked quite a bit about last time. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, For those of you that missed that episode, it was really amazing. Um, Through research and organizing, Shay partners with students, teachers, and systems leaders working to disrupt systems of inequity and create schools that affirm the existence and brilliance of black indigenous students of color and you can find them on twitter at shay the scholar and we will repeat that a little bit later if you don't follow either of these folks already um you're missing out so we will plug that again back later in the show um welcome you two thank you for having us um so we first want to start with just a simple besides your professional bios um what else do you think it's important for people to know about you and maybe what you value um, you know, I, as I discussed before, I'm really into brunch. Uh, I really value it. It's really important to me. Um, <laughs> I also, you know, uh, Moonlight as a mixtape maker, which is also super important to me. Um, and I'm also just like really interested in, in the idea of dreaming um, and then like action planning and working toward those dreams um, as an educator, as a systems leader, um, as a student. And so, uh, when I'm not talking or writing or reading, I'm dreaming. 
Mm. Yeah. I love that. I almost, um, yeah, I feel like that's like a, a banner somewhere. Like, do you have that in your house somewhere? Because it's like so dreaming. perfect for, yeah, like I, if I'm not, what do you say if I'm not sleeping, I'm dreaming or if I'm not sleeping? Yeah. Like just the way I you mean, said it was so perfect. Maybe that needs to be, you know, something that I get my wife to paint me and yes, put up yeah. somewhere. Um, I do have this like thing I keep on my desk that says, don't be afraid to imagine liberation. And it's something that, like, I, like, really keep close to my, my heart. Yeah. Um, but I do like that, you know. It sounds like it's a it's a good bumper sticker, what I just said. You know, like, the eating, brunching, sleeping. Reading, there you go. Dreaming, yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. I feel like you're going to get some fan mail, Shay. People are going to be seeing, <laughs> like, signs and stickers and stuff. Someone should make that for you. Let's yes. just put that out to the world. Yes. Yeah. Have them send that in. <laughs> Cass, how about you? What would you say um, are some of the things that are important to you? Um, you know, I think... It's interesting, this quarantine is really like uh, distilling the things that we hold closest to our hearts. And I think for me, like growing up, you know, I had like a pretty nomadic lifestyle growing up. And one of the things that was really like a, a strong part of my family structure was just this idea of making. So like rebuilding, creating stuff out of like very few resources, like whether it be like grape jam from grapes that grew in our backyard to like crocheting huge blankets with my grandma. Um, I think that I am really into like making stuff. And I think one of the reasons that, you know, coalition building with Shay has been really beautiful for me, it's because we are really working to make something like totally new that doesn't exist already. And um, it's been a really neat exercise for me to kind of like take things that are like really part of like my bones and, and use that sort of like framework that I'm built from to create this thing that's, uh, you know, not necessarily tangible, but like Shay is saying, mm -hmm. that is a, it's something that a lot of us dream about. But like, I would say like my, my, a big strength of mine is like I can materialize ideas. And for the first time in a really long time, like I have time and strength and energy to do that now. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, sounds like old school, but like my pioneer roots, like my family's from like the frontier. <laughs> it's, it, it works in our favor. It's, it's really cool to kind of like, just build with people who are you know, doing the dream and that we all kind of like only did in our sleep before. And now it's like happening in real life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like there's a, a good place to import. Like, I don't know if either of you watched the show Portlandia. Like, it's a really good, they talk a lot about people in Portland. They make fun of the Northwest a lot in that show. And it, <laughs> it's a lot about creating. So there's a lot of like pickling. There's a lot of like, you know, jarring of things. I and, think, and I think whatnot, so. maybe like, I don't know if maybe people on the West Coast or in like Seattle, Portland area watch Portlandia more because it's making fun of us. But I highly recommend it to anybody who doesn't mm -hmm. live here because you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So you kind of hinted at it, but how did the two of you meet? And I guess that kind of leads into the question of, you know, how did Liberate and Chill even start? So if you want to talk a little bit about how the two of you came in collaboration or came to work together. Well, it was a dark and stormy night. No, uh, <laughs> and the wind was howling. <laughs> Trying to remember I mean, if it actually was raining that night. But it I don't probably was. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know what, Shay, we had talked about this a little bit on that, that group live chat we had, but I think that you and my partner Cornelius had talked first on Twitter, I think, right? Like, how did you been in communication on EduColor or something like that? Actually, what it was, right, and I remember this distinctly, is that there was, Cornelius did a chat 
with Jamila Lysacott mm. from ah. a book. And we were both on the chat and I was like, oh, who is this person that has the same last name as Cornelius? Like, I need to also like follow them. <laughs> they have good ideas. And then like Cass and I started talking and then she was like, I'm coming to Boston in like a month from now. We should get dinner. And then we had Indian food. And ever since then, we've just been, you know, family. So yeah. Indian food and Jamila Lysacott brought us together. I didn't know the Jamila Lysacott connection. No, that's awesome. And it's funny. Like, I feel like Shay's, it's, uh, Shay is a very familial friend. You know, you, you know, your friend friends. And I feel like Shay has like a very like familial essence in the, in the minor family. Um, because I feel like you went to Portsmouth, right? to be on that teacher tour of Heinemann or something. And Cornelius so referred to Shay as his cousin. And I think you all were the yeah. only, I'm going to say two or three black people there maybe. Yeah. And so was, everybody was, was like, that's so People <laughs> believed us. And they were like, <laughs> like, oh, how do you know Cornelius? And I was like, oh, we're cousins, right? Because we're in New Hampshire. And like, we're like the three black people in New Hampshire for the day. Um, and people were like, oh, okay. Um, and, you know, it just like was a running joke for us, but like real life for everyone else who was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we've just been covered cousins ever since New Hampshire. Which yeah, is like, so we just made it true. <laughs> giving. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but so, I think, oh, you know, in terms of Liberate and Chill starting, I mean, really, that was like a late night text from Shay, I feel like, at the very beginning of all, you know, when things in the U.S. First were like first kind of like shutting down and getting really real. For a lot of folks who do, you know, who don't work in schools full time, it was like, oh, my God, like, I mean, A, like our world is crumbling around us and B, like our livelihood um, like, how do we, how are we going to work? And then also just like thinking about all of the, all of the folks who kind of like are, are getting everything out of their school experience or are not getting anything out of it and suddenly don't have this like place that they call home available to them. Um, you know, I think that was just like, you know, we were all kind of like panicking and, you know, Shay sent a text and was like, oh, like, let's figure something out. And I think they were a little more specific about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know this idea of of doing work within a collective, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when we have so many people with so many different um, ideas and specialties, um, has always appealed to me. And I've always been like, man, I wish I could just like work with Cass, or I wish I could just work with Kelly, or Liz Kleinrock, or Britt Hawthorne, right? And um, as this was unfolding, I immediately thought of like, you know, my friends around the country who like do this work on the ground and depend on really like are traveling most of the year and depend on these partnerships to like eat, right? And to like keep the lights on. It's not really, a, you know, we got, you know, a little bit of flack for, for charging for the experience. And my response has always been like, I am worried about my friends being able to eat, right? And so it was like a text to, you know, Cass and to Kelly and Liz and being like, hey, like, do y'all want to figure out how to eat um, as the world is falling apart? Um, And not only eat, but also like, how can we, how can we build and offer hope to people as it seems like we're all, you know, in such a dark um, place where we're all, you know, anxious and scared um, and trying to figure out this like world together. And so what can we offer to the world that can provide just a little bit of light? Yeah, I think when we talked to you in February, um, you kind of hinted a little bit that there was something yeah. kind of in the, in the works. 
um, but it wasn't awesome quite flushed out. was coming, but we didn't know how Wait, awesome already. Was. I mean. <laughs> There, well, maybe you just know, dropped it as a joke, but we were like, and I think at the time I've been, I was work, probably still working with my, my uh, partner, Lizzie Fortin, who I often present with um, on like this idea of dreaming and working toward liberation. Um, so mm-hmm. that is still in the works and our, hopefully we'll continue to write. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, this is this idea of figuring out a way for people to collaborate who are really interested and invested in liberation and liberatory work is something that I'm always interested in and trying to figure out how do we, get people together and hold them accountable to doing this work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? So when you say liberate and chill, like what, when you think about that in your or organization, what does that mean to you? Like when you say that, what does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting because, you know, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. I think everybody that's part of like this, you know, time collective has really been like, you know, immersed in, in that nomenclature I mean, I think obviously like the word liberate is like super, it's like loaded and it's beautiful. And it's like, what does it really mean to be liberated? Is like the question of like existence, right? And I think, you know, we are really still figuring out like what it means to be free in, in the world of teaching and learning. Um, but I do think, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say for me, and I, I think to an extent, and she will obviously tell you if she disagree, or if they, excuse me, disagree with us, um, you know, I think this is an opportunity to rewrite what we're, what conference going is and what learning about your practice and pedagogy can be. I think that, you know, we've largely been like super colonized. We're steeped in racist practices, schools constantly more often than not are making decisions that are not in the favor of children or teachers or administrators for that matter. And so um, it's interesting. We've had some time to reflect and I think that, we are even ourselves like still working on unlearning a lot of the practices that are burying us and that are like the antithesis of liberation and the work it takes to unlearn is like really really deep and I think for the first time in a a really long time we have a group of people who are willing and able and have the experience and connectivity to learn from one another and really do like that real, like deep kind of like, this doesn't necessarily feel good, but it feels right. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the, the chill part of Liberate and Chill is super important. Um, I think, you know, when I talked to you all last time, I just quit a job that had burned me to like the ground, right? And I was exhausted. And I think so much time, so much of our work is agitation, disruption, and being on the defense, right, against the system that exists to exhaust us, right? And and we often, you know, white supremacy culture says, you know, you have to keep going, you have to always be productive, um, and there's no chill in that, right? There's no opportunity to rest, and I feel like rest, right, is a radical act. Um, and I think, you know, it was, for me, even when we, you know, starting liberating show was me being like, okay, we have to put out something like we have to be productive. Right. But I think that, uh, liberate and chill tells people it's okay to rest, right. It's okay to say like, I'm going to find joy and rest and, and peace in the midst of basically what is like a world on fire. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that you know, the liberation part is super important, but it's also important to allow yourself the space to breathe. Yeah. And, you know, to keep it like complete, like keep it 100, like we got, you know, we got some flack by including like chill as a component of our liberation work. And a lot of people would say, you know, like if you go back to Ferre, like 
people who were in the work of liberation didn't have an opportunity and still don't have an opportunity to rest, right? But it, I think the model, and I think it's so important that, you know, Shay really like held us all accountable for, like we, ha we have to take a step back and like freaking take a nap or like go to bed before midnight. I, I think we want everybody to have that opportunity. And I think so often it's counterproductive to say, oh, well, we need to be as tired as the most oppressed folks, you know, like right, yeah. we, like it's it's a terrible thing that oppressed folks are are exhausted, but that doesn't mean we deprive ourselves of rest in order to do work to work towards liberate, liberation. Um, it's sticky. Like people are going to have beef, but it's it's something that's really important. We have to take care of ourselves. I, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was yeah. really curious about just the tension between those two words. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, hello, Netflix and chill reference. I mean, maybe you didn't mean that intentionally. But and one of our favorite bars in Tacoma, Washington, um, has a drink called <laughs> also called the Netflix and chill. So like, all these words are coming together. But Annie, are you going to talk about nap ministry right now? Oh, yeah. Am I going to okay, talk good. about nap ministry? Are you kidding Please. me? So there's okay. an Instagram account called the nap ministry. And it's actually yeah. an organization based out of Atlanta. Do you follow them? Oh, is it Mike? They're so great. No, oh. it's different. Yeah. It's different than Killer Mike's Yeah, it's a woman. Um, so the Nat Ministry, I'm going to pull them up right now so I can give you the details. But basically, their their entire mission is to get people to nap. And it's basically napping napping for, you know, social change, for liberation, for social justice. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty great. Uh, uh, it says, we examine the liberating power of naps. We believe rest is a form of resistance and reparations. We install nap experiences, so they have like um, like pop up nap <laughs> locations, but they're but they're kind of you know not fully full capacity right now because of the pandemic. But um, you know you can still <laughs> nap during the pandemic, so it works. Yeah, well. I know there's there's this you know this quote that I you know have had posted also on my desk um, by Ella Baker that says, we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes, right? Mm -hmm. And I have always mm -hmm. lived by that. Um, but I found myself over and over again as a, as a black queer woman, right? Like getting broken to the point where like I had to like, you know, be on bed rest to like take a break, right? And mm -hmm. and had to like, you know, have my, have my wife like convince me to take a day off. And I, and I yeah. think for me, right, when people talk about what does liberation look like, liberation looks like joy for people of color, right? It looks like mm -hmm. the ability to, like, exist without expectation, right, and to be able to dream and imagine and just, like, breathe without being afraid of what will happen next. And so for me, when I think about the tension between liberate and chill, it for me, the tension exists because we're told and we're taught that we have to always be working, right? Right. Like this, this is like a, a sprint, right? Or we have to always be pushing, pushing, pushing. But in that, in that like thought, we don't recognize the fact that like the system wants us to work past our limits because that's going to kill us. And so I think the chill part of liberate and chill is my way of saying like, I'm choosing to live I'm still choosing to fight, but I'm choosing to take a breath every once in a while so I can live and continue to resist. I think there's so much power in what Shay is saying right now. And I think that, you know, when you're doing the work of anti-racism in a school community or in any community for that matter, you are 
planning so deeply, you are responding so heavily, you are giving a piece of yourself, you know, regardless of what positionality you hold, but especially if you are a black indigenous person of color. Um, and so I, I found, you know, I live a very intersectional life. I'm married to a black African man. My daughters are biracial. I am a white woman. My family is, you know, very white. Um, and I think that part of what we have to do really stems from I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm going to, it'll come back to me. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. It'll, it'll <laughs> come back. So just bring it back when it comes back in. Cool. No, you're good. You're good. So I, I'm kind of wondering like, why now? Like obviously um, liberate and chill. And maybe you can expand a little bit on like what exactly you do in the collective or you kind of alluded to it, but I don't know if all of our listeners know since it's still um, pretty new. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what exactly you do as an organization or a collective. Um, and then why now? Like why does it seem like this is especially a time that's so um, critical? You mentioned some of the practical components, but is there anything else? I'm just going to go back to my thought real quick because it just came back to me. Yes, no, do it. Good. <laughs> it's not, sorry, I knew it would come back. Um, this happens to me all the time. It's the, it's the creativity component, right? Like many of us, like, you know, and this kind of connects to your next question, in this collective are writers, we're thinkers, and oftentimes people don't think of educators as artists, but we are. Like every day we are creating structures, curriculum, experiences for families. And when you are, right, and so when you are put in this position where you are having to undo or attempt to undo and reconstruct like hundreds of years of just institutional oppression and and like dig through people's like emotional wreckage it's it's like who like who can possibly find the thought in their mind that is like inspired to create something new like you're so freaking tired at the end of the day at the end of the year you know and at this point like for me like and my husband it's like going on 15 years of doing this work and like I said to Shay and uh, Liz and Kelly yesterday I was like this like I feel like for the first time I can we can remake the thing that we want to like work in you know, it's, um, it's, it's exhausting. And so I, you know, to, to those folks who are like, chill, it's like, yes, chill and create and make it, make people free. It's, it's impossible to liberate anything if you are tired and exhausted and have no energy to think a new thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I think about your question, Hope, um, I, I said this, you know, during our Liberate and Chill module, but I feel like there's no better time to dream than in darkness, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that there we're in this moment right now where all of a sudden, right, the one thing, standardized testing, right, for the most part in the U.S., right, all of a sudden, like, there's no standardized testing this, this spring because of, you know, it's not essential. So we've gotten them to admit that something that this whole system has been based on is no longer essential, right? And so, you know, uh, Cornelius talks about, you know, building, not going back to normal, but going to better, right? And so Mm. we're in this space right now where we, like, this is uncharted territory Mm -hmm. for education, for the world. And so for me, Liberate and Chill is, is a moment where we can say, okay, like, how, how can we provide people with ideas and tools to start that building of something better? Um, and I think about the people that we have in our collective, right? Thinking about like Paul Gorski, who talks about navigating equity detours, right? I'm thinking about Tiffany Jewell, who talks about like developing liberatory consciousness or, or um, 
Lizzie Fortin and I who talk about, you know, dreaming and working toward liberation, right? We have these different people in our, in our spaces that have been doing this work of disruption for such a long time. And like Cass said, we're always trying to like put out someone's fires, right? And I think that this moment is hard for us because we're, you know, all isolated and we have a disruption. But for once, it feels like a lot of us are not having to spend our days putting out fires hmm. for different schools and districts and people, right? And so now we're able to have just a breath to imagine and plan towards something better. And I think that's why Liberate and Chill is so important right now in this moment, mm-hmm. because we don't know what school is going to look like in the fall and the spring going forward. Absolutely. I think that's mm-hmm. a, a nice transition into, we have, a, we kind of chunked this up into sections, uh, our questions about Liberate and Chill kind of separately, um, even though the, obviously it's really important that they, they go together, they come as a set of, but it leads so nicely into our next question, which is uh, when you think of kind of the concrete, um, and this is always something teachers ask, no matter what kind of PD you're doing or what kind of, you know, situation, teachers want to know, what do I do? Like, what do I do in my classroom though? Like, but how do I do it? Like, where's the instruction manual? Like, can I get it on teachers pay teachers? Um, Cause they want to know like, no, how do I, how do I do it? It's not like, available how do I do it? It's not so I guess, well, that's probably a good thing. Um, but I, like, <laughs> But I wonder though about like this, like concrete action, like how, what does that, what does that mean to you right now? Because we're all teaching online. Well, if folks who are still teaching like classroom teachers or who are still working with students in some capacity or another, we're all teaching online, right? So like, what does that look like right now to liberate, work towards liberation with our students in our school systems? Um, you started to talk about like, we don't know what school's gonna look like in the fall. So looking forward to a system we don't even know what it's going to look like what do we how do we focus our intentions or how do we take concrete action to make sure that we're continuing to do that work in this kind of unpredictable situation yeah i if you don't have the answer for that that's okay it's like the biggest question ever okay i love your ideas <laughs> you know, I think for me, uh, you know, and I think maybe this goes for all of us who are kind of guiding the Liberate and Chill ship here, you know, community is everything. And, you know, for me, like a lot of my work is grounded in school communities, like, you know, I'm supporting people like and in, in building and undoing like harmful pieces of communities in a lot of ways. And I think uh, like the most concrete thing people can do is like center and prioritize like the well-being of the communities that they're building um, with inside whatever remote, virtual, or real space that they're working in. And so I think, uh, you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head, like there's a variety of modules that we built within Liberate and Chill that, that kind of walk you through. What does it mean to like do your deep work, like analyze yourself and look through this lens of like internal work? Who am I? How do I present to my kids? And mm-hmm. not just to think about what your perception is, but so oftentimes like we completely don't consider that the perception of the children and families in front of us and how they are thinking about us in light of a community. Um, And so there's a lot of like internal work in terms of like concrete action. Um, You know, we could talk a lot about that, but, but I think also like how, like this whole thing of becoming a learner who like knows all of this stuff and can deeply like, you know, do algebraic equations and whatnot. Like that is so, so not the priority right now. And I think, uh, you know, in my situation, I'm working with some school teams right now. I feel like many people do realize that. And the questions like I'm getting now from teachers are like, how do I create 
a, a virtual experience for my eighth graders who are going to miss their eighth grade prom and are going to miss their eighth grade graduation. So I think it's like, how do we, how are we centering community? How are we building community remotely? And I think those are the steps. Like, you know, there's a million different ways we could talk about how to do that. But I, I think for folks who are participating in a community that we're trying to build, it's like modeling things that we're doing to provide the connectivity that we all miss in a physical presence. And it's about sort of like unlearning really unhealthy practices. Like working 12 hours a day is unhealthy and it's going to make everybody miserable, including yourself. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I think, <laughs> I think um, when, when I, when I heard your question asking about, you know, those action steps and, you know, action items, that's something I feel like in, in our work, we are so trained to look for. Um, we had a we had a talk um, as part of Liberate and Chill with Bettina Love, who wrote "We Want to Do More Than Survive," um, and talked about you know this idea that like when we go into a PD, when we go into a meeting, we're automatically thinking about okay, like what what from this do I need to take into my classroom the next day, right? Like what is the takeaway? Just give it to me, and I like figure it out myself, and I'll put it in my lesson plan, and like it'll be done, right? And I think liberation work, you know fortunately or unfortunately depending on how you look at it it's not like that right yeah. um but what i what i do appreciate um especially from people in our collective is uh for every module we do offer home learning right and that home learning is really geared to you know something that you can you can take reflect on and build upon in using your own practice right and, and so i think about you know modules offered um by jess lifshitz who teaches fifth grade um, in, I think, um, Illinois and her, you know, her home, home learning was so much about, you know, getting ready to, to teach in classrooms and the work that she's doing and building on that. Um, but I also think like Cass was saying, a lot of it's right now is about relationship building and about, you know, mm-hmm. speaking up and standing up for your kids and communities. And so, you know, unfortunately for us, right, school, we're not meeting in schools, but we're still having like faculty meetings, right. And we're still having like those problematic email threads about kids and where, you know, people are having like Zoom IEP meetings and like, you know, all this stuff is happening. You're still, people are still planning curriculum for next year. And so you can still use what you learn in Liberate and Chill to inform how you show up in those spaces, right? You know, when you take yourself off mute in a faculty meeting or when, you know, you offer feedback, I think, you know, people are talking about grading these days. And I think all of that um, can be affected by, you know, what we offer in the modules and the reflection that we ask you to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I was, I was thinking about that recently because we had, um, I'm, you know, working primarily in a social studies department in a high school, and we've been talking about equity and AP and what that looks like in our school. And, um, you know, historically having an opt-out program for AP where we push kids in and then they have the opportunity to opt out. Um, and the rigor's really, really high, not because AP is high, high rigor, but because the teachers are putting in the work to help their students, they're scaffolding it so well, they're, they're having, they're giving student access to this content, they're not gatekeepers that were kind of blowing the gates off, right, and, but I, you know, I think about having those conversations in this sort of weird internet vacuum of like, oh yeah, we're on, we're on a Teams chat, we're trying to talk about equity, and, and it's, the fact that those conversations are still happening is pretty incredible because I think it would be so simple just to be like, Hey, how do we survive the school year? You know, and not like, Hey, how do we actually do good work for students while we can't be with them? So, you know, I, um, I see that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. As something like, just don't phone it in because you can, 
because you're literally phoning mm-hmm. it in. You're literally on a conference call. On the <laughs> hey, where's the bad drum set? This is where like Doug adds that <laughs> into the. That's so terrible, Annie. That was good and there terrible. Is. There we go, Doug. I'm sorry. Thanks, Doug. So when you think about, I mean, you you both mentioned this notion of like looking forward. Um, I think you said it's not so much as the normal, but it's like the better. Is it something something that effect? So when you think when when you're envisioning that, like I imagine that you've had some conversations around what's like at least one thing that you wish would be better when you think about what liberation could look like next year. Is there like one thing that you're just like, I would love to see this happen in schools or this happen in education? I mean, I want to talk just from a parent perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I have a kindergartner and I have a second grader. And one of the things I was thinking about a lot, which I thought about before too, is just like how kindergarten curriculum is so joyful. It's really centered in joy, it's centered in play. And the thing we know about learning is that learning doesn't, like our brains grow, right? But play-based, play-based experiences are powerful for kindergartners, but still as adults and even like as elder, elder people, like play-based experiences are how we learn best. And those play-based experiences we know like decrease continually like throughout time when a kid experiences school. And I I would love for like joy, like, you know, Shay was saying like joy is a big indicator of how free we are. And when you're in kindergarten, you're like learning in this place where it's just you're curious, you're curious about shit and you just want to like explore. And I know for, for me and my friends, like I, I swim and like my friend circle, it's just, you know, we're pretty much all educators. Like, it's so fun because we are curious about life and we like to explore ideas and, and build together. And I see already like in second grade, like that dissipates. And I know from my work in secondary schools, it's pretty much not there at all. Um, and so I think like this idea, it's, you know, we, we keep saying, and she was referring to like, there's nothing like no checklist. Like there's not like a thing you can like take away and like complete this kit and you're suddenly like a a liberated person or you're an educator who instills liberation upon folks. It's like, (laughs) sorry, I'm I'm laughing because that's so absurd, but you're right. Like that's how we approach it. Right. Like we're like, give me a module. Like, well, I need to check off my little checklist. Like you go to the PD, you you get the packet and then you're liberated. The packet. And then I get, can I get a shirt? Can I get a shirt? that says liberated on it now that I wear under my cardigan from Target. Yeah, but you know, I mean, for me, like, I would love for people like in the fall, people who have participated with us to reconsider like why they're in this work. What is the purpose of gathering the children in front of you on the computer screen? And it should be the answer should be I want kids to explore the joy and curiosity they have around the ideas and environment around their lives. Um, And so that like that response is so few and far between teachers are generally stressed out they are just like boggered like in all of this muck like this institutional harm Mm -hmm. and um it's also about like giving people resources to we have to have resources to push back and know how to i mean to an extent fight and that's part of liberation Mm -hmm. as well Yeah, and I'd also say, you know, I, we are not expecting liberation to happen by October. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm gonna come like back a and be like, hey, like, we we got it. We're good. Like, you know, this is like when Corona's going to disappear. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like Corona's gone and so is some depression. <laughs> like, that's not exactly going to happen. Um, and so, 
And so I think, you know, like Casa is about, you know, entering in with this like new um, orientation to, to how you how you create space for kids to learn or how you co-create spaces for everyone to exist as learners, right? Um, it's mm-hmm. a space that is, is joy-filled, that's, that's love-filled, right? And I think also that that privileges student voice, right? I think, you know, in student autonomy, I, I, you know, was thinking a couple of months ago, I think about this idea of like, what if, you know, for the rest of the year, you just ask students like what they wanted to learn and how you could support them, right? And I think there's so much of that that doesn't happen um, in, in our work because we're so focused on testing. We're so focused on evaluations. We're so focused on, you know, how, how we look and how we're compared to other people. But I think what's happening right now, and, you know, it, I'm kind of happy watching it happen is that so, things are starting to crumble, right? Like all of a sudden it's like, hey, like we don't need testing. Like, hey, like colleges are not going to look at test scores. And I'm like, wait, what? Like all of these like barriers to access and entry, like suddenly don't matter, right? And it's, it's weird to me to, to watch it all crumble, you know, within months after, you know, hundreds of years of repression that has basically like tried to keep these barriers to access um, and success in place. And so I think, you know, what is, when I think about what liberation may look like in the fall or the spring or whenever, you know, we get to the better, um, I, I hope that individuals who are part of our community can enter into a place where they're, you know, entering into the classroom with a mindset of possibility, a mindset of, you know, imagination, a mindset of joy and love and radical accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a perfect place to take a, a quick break here. This episode is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. Your student can go to college just about anywhere in the world, but have you thought about the school just down the street? When it comes to their undergraduate programs, PLU is a triple threat. First, PLU has a great liberal arts program that will expand young minds and help them thrive no matter where they go after leaving our campus. Second, PLU is part of the Tacoma and South Sound community, passing on the values of civic engagement to the next generation. And finally, PLU has programs that will prepare students for some of the most important and high-demand careers post-graduation. Liberal arts, civic engagement, and professional studies, a triple threat that will help your student thrive. To learn more, visit plu.edu slash admission. Okay. So when you think about um, this project or just current stage of where you're at, what is something that you do personally or engage in or don't engage in, I guess I should say it that way, um, that kind of represents that idea of chill for you? So you mentioned earlier about like creativity and finding, doing what you want, right? Not doing it because you want to, because it's what you believe in. Um, are there other things that you feel like are real, that really capture chill for you right now? It's hard. I, I mean, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a mom and I mean, I know like everybody's got different stuff, but like I'm, I'm teaching my kids. I'm mm-hmm. working on lots of different projects. I don't know, like chill. It's weird. I was talking to Cornelius about the other day. I feel like Shay and Cornelius have a lot in common. And um, I think that they, they know how to chill. Like <laughs> it's part of the, the repertoire of like things that they know how to do well. And I think like part of like my processing and maybe I could call it chilling. Like I like to be busy. Um, so I just find more projects to do that aren't, but here's the thing for me, like in the quarantine, like something new for me is like, I'm trying to immerse myself in more projects that are not specific to education. And one of the things that I love that Shay and Bettina 
love and Lizzie Fortin talked about was just immersing yourself in art that's not oriented in education, I think is really important for me. So I think like that's maybe one thing that I am doing pretty well. Like I am purposefully like reading books that have not nary a thing to do with school. And that's that's rare for me because usually my time is spent like catching up or like reading up or creating something or writing something for a school or an article or whatnot. Yeah, so. that you have to do, right? Like that you're Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you could that you trick yourself that, oh, I wanted to do this or like I should do yeah. it. All right, yeah, needs yeah. to it be. It looks done. good on my resume. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think Shay, for me, you? uh I've been eating a lot of Oreos. Um, <laughs> and I just got sent like a, a care package of like party size Oreos, which are apparently a thing. What's that? Um, what? Like a tiny or is it huge? No, they're like humongous. And so <laughs> um I have never heard of this. Yeah, so I've been enjoying Oreos. Um but mostly, right, I have been, only, like, I've been showing up as my full self, right, and prioritizing, like, what I want to do. And I think, you know, actually, right before this happened, I was actually talking to Cornelius about how I felt like all of the time people were asking me, like, what I thought, right? Like, what are your opinions? Mm-hmm. Like, we want you to write something about this event, right, this idea, um, and it, so much of, of what we do in, in our work is tailored to our audiences of like educators mm-hmm. and what, what they need to hear. Right? I'm always thinking about, okay, like how can I reach educators, like white educators in classrooms to help students, right? They're teaching. But sometimes I just want to write about, you know, science fiction, or I just want to, you know, mm-hmm. write about, I don't know, unicorns and Oreos or whatever it is, right? And so I've taken this time to really just do what I want to do. And so I think it's funny because I think it's been reflected in my like tweeting because uh, usually I, I'm pretty, you know, intentional about everything that I tweet and craft it out. But like, I just tweet like random stuff now. Like I have this condition that like hats were just head mittens and I tweeted it. Um, and I feel like my sister was like, wait, that's not even a thing. And I'm like, but, it, <laughs> but like, this is what I do when I'm allowed to just like be right like I'm just like I have the most ridiculous ideas and I'm just gonna like spew them out and I feel like for me like this time has allowed me to chill by just simply being like weird and funny and relaxed and unplugging when I need to and just eating lots and lots of Oreos yeah they're way better I'm here for it way better so to be fair though I will also I will also say that um Liberate and Chill actually started because I'm actually like Cass, where I'm like, I need a project, right? And so I'm like, the world is crumbling. What can we do? Start something, start a project, and then that'll distract me from the world falling apart, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that I also look for projects too, but I think that my wife has been like, no more projects, just sit, watch TV, and eat Oreos, so... Well, you know, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I totally like everything y'all are saying is like really speaks to me. I, I think I mean, it's part of like what we're conditioned, right? It's part of being type A's. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not necessarily everyone's type A per se, but like it's that and it's also that impetus of like the system and the things that are happening are so are important for our kids. If we don't do something right, I, mean, I can't wait around for somebody else to do it. I also need right. to do it and be responsible for my role. And I think 
yeah, this time frame, like you mentioned, is, is just an opportunity to go, okay, step back, do the side projects, right? Or do those passion projects that are, like you said, working on the internal stuff that's still, you know, creating those spaces for those people that are working online, right? Still creating those spaces for kids to find um, community, right? In those moments together. But it's such a, it's such a wrestling that between the work that kind of we associate with, with liberation. Um, but maybe it's just more about work, work, and we need to get rid of that part of it and focus on what kind of freedoms it's bringing to, to the world or to us. Yeah. Uh, Cass, were you gonna add something else? Um, I was just thinking about Bettina Love. Like I was telling Jay yesterday, that conversation was so powerful. And one of the things that she said, uh, I think Shay, you had asked uh, Bettina like how she takes care of herself or something like that. And she talked very specifically about like the work she does, like at UGA, is very different than like her liberation work that she does per se, like with her community mm-hmm. folks. And so um, just kind of like thinking about work and projects and, you know, the work of liberation, I think um, one exciting thing for me to think about in, the, in Liberate and Chill and with Shay and folks is just like, what is it like, how can a project not necessarily be work? Um, right. And it, yeah. I, I feel like we're sort of like in this bound, like a like border crossing space uh, when it comes to the collective and it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting project because never before have I felt like, you know, unless I'm writing something for myself, which is rare, have I felt like I'm not necessarily like, I think it's because it's not tethered to an institution necessarily, that it feels very fluid and very Mm. personal and very connected to other humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, What's that reminds me of that saying, what's it saying? Like if you find a job you love, you never work another day in your life or something corny along those lines. Right. But like teaching and doing whatever it is that you're doing should bring joy and hope. And like you said, um, like just inspire you to keep doing it, not wear you down, right? Not that 14 hour days, not the like grind on the weekends for no yeah. reason. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I mean, there's always a reason, but I, I, yeah, it's really thinking about what does that look like for, for us moving forward, right? Um, can we reimagine some things that are messed up about our system? I think t- teaching abroad and in the school that I'm at in particular has really opened my eyes to some of those things in particular, right? Some of that work, I was like, well, I have to work 14 hours. I have to do this thing because no one else is going to do it. Um, um, and then here's just some of the infrastructures to step back to go, you know what I had, to, I felt like I had to, and I had to, but also like the system's messed up. Like, how do we make the system not this way so that we don't have to, to do this kind of work, right? Like, how do we actually do what we need to do in schools um, for kids? Um, uh, there's ways to do it anyway, but yeah. Any, were you going to add something else? No, I, I mean, um, I, I just haven't, I, I guess working on projects that I forgot about that I forgot I I forgot I cared about and like that's made me happier like Cass is saying working on reading books or writing books or projects that I actually want to do um and not feeling like I'm doing things I have to do although the flip side of that which is is a bunch of b crap is that uh is that teaching online is like all of the shitty things about teaching that you hate and none of the fun (laughs) stuff so um so there's that also so when I am doing work I'm kind of like okay paperwork and stuff on the computer um but but when that when that's done and I'm working on or like I'm you know we still have the great thing about uh the great thing about technology is that we're still able to have like GSA meetings you know what I mean so like I still get to see my kids like my kids like once a week and that's been really special and really cool and that's a that's a thing that that's not a class they don't have to be there they show up because they want to be there and it's just really great and so those those things make it make it okay you know and that's to me that's chill time like I'm yeah I'm hanging out with kids like 
with the other advisors, like on Teams net meeting, but it's still like, it feels really restorative and not um, awful. So yeah. That's yeah. so powerful that that chill yeah. time with kids. That's yeah. honestly like I have a mo- like I just created a module for like exactly what you're talking about. Uh, not all the time GSA, but it was like how to create like lunch club with your kids based on stuff that they want to talk about. <laughs> it's like so yeah. funny that yeah. I made a module about it, but like yeah. it, it, it's like I that goes back to sort of like the ethos of liberate and chill, like in building community. Like you, we are all in this together. We only have this one life. Like let's like create as much joy as possible we can together while like affirming like people's full humanity while they're there. And I think mm-hmm. my favorite thing about the great and show, which I, I think we're going to try to capitalize on some other iteration is just like the, those spaces that you're talking about, like whether it's brunch space or we had like a knitting space and there was some other stuff that happened just where people can just be themselves and, and chat and talk and ask questions and they get to know one another. Like the, that's, mm-hmm. that's the real stuff right there. Mm-hmm. If you were to, um, I, I know that you can't really say that you have a favorite module, um, but if you did have a favorite module that you either created or somebody else that you love created, uh, can you just kind of sneak peek for us so then, and then tell us how folks can get access to those? Um, I, mean, I definitely module? would not say that one of them is my favorite. I, I, I mean, there's snippets that I feel like are highly applicable to where at, like in my contextual being but I think for everybody they'll probably say something different I mean for for me like uh I don't know it's not necessarily a module but the conversation that Shay and Lizzie have with Patina Love was the most Mm -hmm. powerful thing that I heard um and I and I'll be fully transparent like I haven't watched all of the modules from front to back like so there might be stuff in there like um that I haven't seen but for me like hearing Bettina just talk about like how she works towards liberation and how like she um, not only intellectualizes it, but how she really like lives and experiences it on a daily and also just talk and like hearing her talk about like her, Mm -hmm. her motherhood experience, all of those things like spoke very powerfully and to see her in conversation with my friends, especially, which is like, it was really cool. And I have like a whole notebook of notes that I told Shay, I was like, I need to schedule an appointment with you for me to process like that experience because it was so deep. Um, so for me, like that, but again, I think it would be different for everybody. You know, everybody's context yeah. is so different. Yeah, I Shay, think, you know, part of, part of, you know, I have watched all, all of them and I, and something that, that came up for me was like the thread between all, all 10 of the modules, but, you know, I am partial to, Jess Lifshitz because I always tell her that she is my favorite like fifth grade teacher and I wish I would have had someone like her in fifth grade um and you know people always say like oh this work is too like hard for younger kids um but I feel like Jess's classroom and her work is like a living model of like how to do this work as a white teacher Mm -hmm. in spaces with white children and I think Mm -hmm. that her module was something that gave teachers right really those like action steps it's like okay like this is what I do this is how you can do it in your classroom like now go to design that lesson um mm-hmm. and so for me you know I just really appreciated um like her module her presence her realness you know her honesty about how you know in our live Q&A about how it's different for her than it would be for you know a black indigenous person of color doing that work in that space yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just really appreciated that. And, um, it gave me a chance to kind of experience her classroom without actually traveling mm-hmm. to Illinois to sit with fifth graders. So yeah, that's, great. that's so cool. <laughs> can you tell our listeners how they can support your work, how they can access a module? Um, what's the best way to get about, about that, to do that? 
Yeah, so you can go to uh, liberateandchill.com. Um, right now, uh, the first iteration is done. We'll be launching a second iteration um, coming soon. And so we have a mailing list that you can sign up for um, where you can sign up and then um, you'll be able to you know, get the update about when the next iteration is going to be live and open. Awesome. Um, is there anything retroactive? So is it just all live sessions or can people go back and look at old work or? So at this point in time, uh, you know, if you signed up for Liberate and Chill 1.0, like you have access to all of the modules. Gotcha. Um, there's not like a retroactive situation where you can like sign up and then access it as of now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're aiming for the second iteration to come out like sometime late June, possibly, cool. probably. Um, but and it will be new and improved and with like a different experience. So, and then also like everything within our work is most of it is archived. So if you are participating, you have access to everything for like a long time. Um, but there are some events that are, that are live and interactive. Cool. That's awesome. Um, how can people follow you on social media or what's the best way to get a hold of you? I have a Twitter account. Um, it's at M-S-K-A-S-S-1, MissCast1. Um, I am also on Instagram with the same, same handle, uh, but way less active on Instagram and probably not <laughs> information that's helpful for your teaching career. If you follow me on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> which you want to see a bunch of like my very fluffy cat and cute kids. So there's a lot of that on my Instagram. <laughs> totally true. That's yeah. what Insta's for. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Shay the scholar. That's Shay like the butter, the scholar. Um, I'm also on Instagram, but Instagram is something that I keep for myself in my close knit circle. And so mm. you could try to follow me there, but I will just leave it in my follower requests and you'll never get access unless I know you personally. <laughs> Keeping it real. I feel, I feel on that one. Um, all right. Our final segment, Annie. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies. All right. Recommendations. Um, I'm going to start off and just simply say, um, go ahead and check out the Liberate and Chill website. We'll link to it in our show notes. Um, and go ahead and also follow these lovely people. Um, and we'll also post a little bit about that. But go sign up. Sign up for the mailing list. Check out the work. Share the work. Um, and go back and listen to Shay's other interview as well. So that's a lot of homework from me. But that's what I do. So, okay. Uh, Annie, homework from you? You know, I had I made a note from my for our homework to be combined this is a humanities homework since i teach social studies and help teaches english um just go sign up for liberate and chill like what are you doing like go just do it like you can you'll be doing it right now while you're listening to this episode you should go do it right now um also please just follow nap ministry on instagram because they'll remind you every day to slow down and take a nap and it's for your health it's for your liberation it's for the health of the community and especially for Black, Indigenous, and people of color, it is for your survival. Um, it is for everyone just to slow the F down. So please, for the love of goodness, go on Instagram, follow the NAP ministry. They're very inspirational, good people. You should support what they do. Do we also from the two of you? Either of you? Yeah, you can give homework. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I am out. Out. <laughs> So typically I'm very anti-homework for, for youth. But adults and grown-ups need to do their work. I'm going to recommend this book right here. It's called The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters by Priya Parker. Um, I think, so it's a non, she's not an educator. She's like a strategist. And I think that um, she brings her heart into that work. And I think that we are having all these meetings and gatherings and get-togethers. And they lack a lot of purpose. And I think it's a really great way to recenter um, why you're bringing people together and how you can really like maintain connections 
and, and make it matter. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, yeah, for me, um, because I am who I am, uh, first piece of homework is you need to go listen to uh, on repeat the Savage remix with Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce's uh, part and verse is like fire. Uh, second homework is last Friday. Um, the organization Girl Trek did a conversation with Nikki Giovanni and Angela Davis that was probably like one of the best conversations ever in, in just like a lesson on humility and community and um, reverence and activism. Uh, it is on YouTube somewhere. Um, okay. And so I would say go back and like watch that because it brought me so much joy and hope in in this darkness. That's wonderful. Thank you too for taking time out of your busy schedules thank and days, so all the things you could be doing to chill and to liberate. So thank you so much for taking your time. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for having thank us. Bye. Bye. Hope, do you ever just feel really crappy about your body? Uh, yes. That happens to everyone sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, I think so, especially like with coronavirus is totally derailed everybody's physical and mental health. I just feel like I'm just burdened with this flesh suit that could betray me at any time and never lives up to unattainable standards of humanoid beauty. Does that ever just make you like really angry? Oh my gosh. It makes me so angry. I especially get angry because people just love to post these depressing body shaming ads and like inspirational quotes that are not inspirational quotes on Instagram. Those just infuriate me so much. I also, I really am upset about like how people are capitalizing on this. Like, oh, you're gross. Like, Mm -hmm. here's how to be better during quarantine. I'm like, I don't know. There's got to be a better way. Uh, There is a better way. And I think that better way is starting a book club. We should read about this topic. In fact, I have the perfect book for us. The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. It's so good. And I think it's something we need right now. I love that. Here's um, some info I found online. Uh, it might pique the interest of our readers or our listeners, excuse me, in a revolutionary departure from the corporate self-help and body positivity movement, Taylor forges the inextricable bond between radical self-love and social justice. I just get chills hearing you read that. So I think the first step is that we need to recognize that we're all indoctrinated into this crazy system of body shaming that profits off of our self-hatred. And then we need to ask ourselves, who's going to benefit from our collective shame? You know, we can begin to make this distinction between the messages we're receiving about our bodies and other bodies and actually what is true. Sign me up. When do we start? Uh, let's start right now. First of all, you got to go get a copy of your book. I highly recommend going to your favorite bookseller. If you're in Tacoma, go to King's Books. On it. Then you just got to read it, of course, and probably take some notes. Okay, read it, take notes. Got it. Okay, and then because I love to give that so much homework, I'm going to add one more step. You're going to follow Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast on social media. Join the virtual conversation with the hashtag ReadLessBasic. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We We fly fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. For me, it's been amazing watching like the empire crumble. I black and brown folks have always known that this this country was right, and the, like now we're just it's all all of it crumbling. And I'm like, man, like this great American empire was really just you know held up by toothpicks. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it was just hot glue and hope. Hot glue and hope. That's a great. That's a name for our podcast right there. The interchangeable white ladies podcast is part of the Channel Two Five Three Network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer. Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, We Art Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.